Hey everyone, today I'm talking with Dr. Jennifer Heiss about her new book, Move the Body, Heal the Mind. This is a great conversation about how wonderful your body is and how it is designed to help you heal mentally and physically. Pull up a chair and buckle up. It's the Original Strength Podcast. So, Dr. Heiss, you have your new book, Move the Body, Heal the Mind, coming out uh, on March 8th. And it's a great, great job. I, I think you did a wonderful job of combining story with science through your experience and your research. But before we get into this, do you mind just giving our listeners just a little bit of background uh, on, on what you do in your work with the NeuroFit Lab? Sure. So I'm an associate professor at McMaster University, and I direct the NeuroFit Lab, where we study the effects of exercise on the brain to prevent mental or to, to help manage mental health, prevent dementia, and keep you overall well, healthy and well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And in your book, speaking of mental health, uh, my favorite chapter is it has to be mental health is physical health. Mm -hmm. I thought that one was just full of just great little tidbits and nuggets. Um, most of all, how any form and all forms of exercise and intensities are good for, for mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really amazing when, when we look at the research on uh, the benefits of exercise for depression. Um, most people think, you know, the treatment of depression or the management of depression is you know, antidepressant pills, these are the best thing. But um, unfortunately, they don't work for one in three people who take them. They have this form of like drug resistant depression where they take the pill um, and they don't have any symptom relief. They still feel depressed. Um, and what's happening for these individuals is that the drug doesn't target the root cause of their depression, which in many cases is likely inflammation. And I talk about that in my book, um, this idea that inflammation can build up in the body from, you know, sickness, illness, even psychological stress, and that can go to the brain and start to wreak havoc on the systems of the brain that regulate our emotions and our, our mood, including depression. So if, if medication doesn't work for 33% of people, what do you, do you, what's the percentage of people that exercise or movement works for? Yeah, so it turns out that for these individuals who have drug resistant depression, most of them respond better to exercise. So there's been a few studies that compared, um, they've, they took uh, drug resistant depression, people who are experiencing that, and they measured their inflammation at baseline and put them in an exercise program. And the ones who had the higher levels of inflammation at at the beginning of the exercise program benefited the most. So basically by the end of this exercise training session um, over several weeks, they were free from their depressive symptoms just from exercising alone when, when they had been on a course of medication that did nothing for them. And so this is really amazing, right? And um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's very helpful and promising for a lot of people who, who, who don't necessarily want to take medication, but want to do things for their themselves. And 
like I'll say that knowing and and that medication is extremely transformative for many people and many people need to take it. Um, and for for individuals who who respond to antidepressant drugs and do get relief, there's a really nice added benefit of exercising with medication, like as an add-on therapy, because it helps not only reduce your side effects that you get from the the drug, but also could even reduce your dosage that you need to feel good. So even if you the medication does work for you, exercise is still good and can even lower the amount of medication you need to take. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you found in your research, is there, is there like a, a magic number or optimal dose of exercise? Mm -hmm. Well, so it turns out it really, well, I mean, not surprisingly, it depends on where you're starting, what your fitness level is. And this is especially, I mean, this is true for physical health, right? You want to, titrate and gradually increase the exercise intensity and duration (laughs) ideally idea i mean some of us just jump right in right but for mental health especially it's sort of you know we can start with baby steps and each each step counts you know each step each workout has the power to improve our mood to make us feel good to relieve our anxiety to reduce our stress every single workout does whether that's just like a you know a five minute uh, walk around the park or, you know, um, a few jumping jacks or, you know, something more intensive like a, a brisk walk or jog for 30 minutes. So the the best evidence that so most studies have have shown that three 30 minute sessions a week of a moderate to vigorous intensity is it seems to be really effective. And our research has shown that too. So moderate intensity, which in our study, we use cycling. So it could be just cycling. Cycling is typically moderate intensity, can be intense, of course, but at a moderate intensity, um, or it could be jogging, but cycling three times a week for 30 minutes was in our study was enough to buffer against stress-induced depression and anxiety. And so a lot of people think, you know, depression when we think of mental illness we think you know oh you were you were born with it or you're diagnosed with it or it's some sort of genetic thing but any of us can develop mental illness it and it has a lot to do with stress stress is a huge factor and so stress induced mental health issues can happen in anybody, even if you've never had a diagnosis before. And our research shows that we're seeing an uptick of this in the in the pandemic, especially um, with, you know, the uncertainty and the isolation, all of these things are causing so much stress for people um, that they're they're starting to cause symptoms of depression and anxiety in people who've never experienced them before. So there's there are these strange symptoms like tight tightness of chest. So uh, my friend's father, he was he was suffering from this tightness of chest. He went to his doctor and his doctor did all the physical tests. His heart was fine, no problem. Turns out he's just suffering from a little bit of anxiety and maybe some depression. And for him, he's like, you know, 75 and never experienced this before. So it was such a strange feeling, but really it can happen to anybody. No, I, especially, and it is neat that you brought up the pandemic because I would imagine that 
the world is seeing such a, a much larger increase in, in mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so right at the start of the pandemic, we wanted to just get the pulse of people. And so we, we sent out a survey up to 1600 people asking them, you know, how, how are they feeling, their mental health, but also how was their activity level? And so, I mean, stress was up, anxiety, depression were way up activity was down the people who were able to maintain their activity level were faring better um, and we saw this really interesting shift in what what was motivating people to exercise so people had shifted away from wanting to exercise to look good and they moved towards wanting to exercise to feel good mm. but there was this a little bit of a, a make we called it a mental health paradox where people wanted to exercise for their mental health, but they were too stressed or anxious to do it. And they lacked the motivation, which is a symptom of depression. And so there's this, you know, you exercise is extremely beneficial for mental health, but there are these additional barriers that we have to keep in mind. And so because of that, I always recommend some is better than none this is your mantra you know don't try to go for gold not every day at least you know some days it's just some is better than none i was going to ask you about that because if there is a paradox like and you know you want to feel good and you want to exercise to feel good but you just can't make yourself do it what's the best way to get started for that some to be to start being better than none yeah well it's it, and it's a baby step you know a baby step in the right direction so um, for me, I, whenever I'm feeling that way, and you know, I still feel that way, even though I study research, I know the benefits of the science. Um, it's still hard for me. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. Some days I'm, I'm feeling too tired or stressed or it's late in the day. And I'm just like, oh, just, it, it would just be easier to sit here. Right? <laughs> so for me, it's, I usually do a negotiation with myself where I say, okay, well, well, you know, the, the plan today was to do, let's say, a 30 minute jog or a 30 minute run. Let's just do a 30 minute walk. So I put in the time, but I take off the intensity. And so this could be a simple trick for others. Um, but, but generally what I do, which is backed by the science, is just really simple planning ahead. So put it in your calendar, block it off, include the details that... Uh, that you, uh, what you're gonna do, when, where, with whom, you know, get it all out there so that, you know, the thing is the brain is always trying to work against you. It doesn't wanna expend all this extra energy to exercise. And so it, it, it wants us to be lazy. <laughs> and so you need to have this plan so you can say to your lazy brain, no, no, we got time for this, you know? No, no, it's not too hard. It's, it's, it's this program isn't that hard for today. So all these like, a little bit of tricks to plan ahead. Um, I always have like my workout bag ready to go, you know, <laughs> so I don't have to like find the stuff. Like there's a, you know, I have my swim bag, I have my gym bag <laughs> and it's all at the front door. And so I just kind of grab and go. And so I guess the, the really nice thing about exercise is yeah, it's hard to get started. There's the, that inertia, right? That, that, that biological inertia in the brain, the psychological inertia of just not wanting to do it. But once you start moving, the, the muscles release all of these neurochemicals that go to the brain and stimulate it and make it feel good. And so it just, once you start, it's easier to keep going. It's like that momentum.
I, I thought you did a great job in the book uh, at providing getting started routines at the end of each chapter, whether it was for how to how to move to help with anxiety or how to move to help get a better night's sleep or to to turn back the clock on your brain. Like each chapter, you end with a a fairly simple way to get started and but you also ramp it up too like you, mm. you have progressions with it so i think that was that was very nice okay thanks yeah i this was something i really wanted to do i hadn't seen it before in any other book and um i really i each workout so it's like a weekly plan you know something simple and each chapter yeah builds in in intensity and uh complexity um but i really the creative fun part of that was like i had to make the science into a workout and so yes. each workout's like totally inspired by the science and i think yeah i was really proud of how that came together and i think you know it, it'll give people a place to start where yes. they don't need any fancy equipment or any any prior knowledge and uh the photos at the back of the book will hopefully help too <laughs> so speaking of making the science fit what what came first? This is like a chicken or the egg question because mm -hmm. you have your work with a NeuroFit lab, but in the book, it's really this is a lot of based off of your own experience. Yeah. Um, and and as far as your exercise journey and your mental health journey. Mm -hmm. So what came first? This, the NeuroFit lab, or <laughs> did they actually bloom and blossom together? Yeah. Yeah. They kind they kind of bloomed and blossomed at the same time, but it it was really uh brought on by my personal struggle so it, i was in grad school and my phd was on really fundamental neuroscience so how does the brain represent who we are as people our memories etc and it became clear that something wasn't quite right with my own brain i had some pretty severe anxiety and um, you know, I, I was at a bit of a loss with help from the medical community and um, sort of on a whim, I borrowed a friend's rusty old road bike and was amazed at how good I felt. Like it really just soothed my mind. And I just kept riding. And, you know, that that movement sparked not only just a, a, a shift in my personal life with a love of exercise, but also a shift in my professional life. And from that point forward, I really steered the course of my research to focus on the impact of exercise on the brain. So they, they, they bloomed and blossomed together, but it really, it has been my own personal journey that's, that's really propelled the research. And, um, and, and the, my reason for writing the book, I think, because I really, you know, I really understand the science, but I also know that there's a person experiencing this and I, so i'm taught you know we're talking together in our journey together rather than you know me being an authority on the science talking at you and i think that that i hope that that resonates with people because um i really did try i really poured my heart and soul into it and shared a lot of information um that i really do hope is helpful no well if i could a word I would use to describe if I could just if you, you help me down to one word, I would say hopeful. This is a very mm -hmm. hopeful book um, because it does highlight how the body can heal and how if you just engage in your body's design and move, it mm -hmm. kind of really knows how to take care of itself and fix a lot of issues. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that reassuring? It is. Yeah.
it's really like this self-healing body that if we give it what it needs with movement and nutrition and sleep that it gives us this incredible life to live yeah right exactly mm -hmm. so, so speaking of that you you've got the research on how exercise can help with inflammation and 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 issues like anxiety depression things like that helping with is there any research on how maybe can exercise actually help stave off or prevent um those type of issues as well yeah yeah so like i was saying um i mean we'll we all experience stress in our life right day-to-day -day stress and the the you know it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing but what happens is we react we overreact or we re react strongly to these stressors and it's our reaction to those stressors that makes it really damaging to our health not just physical health but mental health too and so when we're really overreactive and moody it starts to break down the body break down the brain and it's more difficult to be happy and healthy and so one of the amazing things that exercise does is it effectively tones the stress system so that we maybe we see a stressor in our environment we get activated like the body's stress system alerts us and we get prepared but instead of like having it be overwhelming we can exercise allows us to bring that stress response back down to baseline so that we can like clearly look at the problem and solve it rather than you know feel it tensely and overreact and so this this helps prevent onsets of stress-induced depression and anxiety. Um, it also helps to um, keep things like dementia at bay, you know, for memory loss as you get older. The benefits of exercise for keeping the brain thriving because the, the exercise that we do, it stimulates the muscles, stimulates all these neurochemicals really gives the brain the nutrients it needs to thrive and that becomes especially important as we get older yeah i was wondering about that because it seems like over the last few months a really hot topic has been alzheimer's with some new, mm -hmm. new drugs uh, controversial drugs and expensive drugs that have come out mm -hmm. and if exercise could help with that it's just i don't know well it is one it's our design just to move but it just seems like maybe a better solution than than maybe not that drugs are bad, but and they can be helpful, but there seems to be a lot of controversy around the Alzheimer's drugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we've had such uh, failed attempts. You know, there were the there were two really promising drugs that that one that targeted amyloid plaque, one that targeted tau, and neither worked. And just so it just took the wind out of the sail. But um, what a lot of people don't realize is that physical activity is the greatest lifestyle preventative tool for dementia. And in fact, our research shows that physical inactivity contributes to your dementia risk as much as your genetics. Oh, wow. So we have this saying in the lab, you can't change your genes, but you can change your lifestyle. And especially around dementia, it's such a scary disease or, that or dis dysfunction of the brain that um, that just any any glimmer of hope is helpful for this for for people who are worried about it. That is awesome and powerful and powerful. So got to ask you uh, in the book, you share your journey uh, as you became a triathlete superstar. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I mean, if you just doing one triathlete to me makes a person a superstar. 
because obviously they they either don't have a car or a boat or they <laughs> they do and they've decided they don't need it so so are you still are you still able to compete or 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 are you looking for COVID to be over so you can compete yeah yeah so I yeah you're right I mean it I did so the book does follow my journey from from newbie triathlete so where I do a try try and then it ends with this full Ironman that unfortunately well I had to do solo because the pandemic canceled my race so yeah that was a bit epic yeah (laughs) um I'm right now I'm just getting back into it I think you know it it for me COVID just like it killed the race you know I had I had the the not just the Ironman but I had I had qualified for the world championship that was supposed to be in New Zealand. And I was wow. like, so excited. I know I have worked so hard to qualify <laughs> and it was supposed to be in November of 2020. So not only was my Ironman in August, 2020 canceled, but my, this qualifying race was, and it just, I don't know, took the wind out of my sail. So right now I'm just, I'm, you know, going to the gym, lifting some weights. I'm doing my running, just some yoga. I'm trying to just, rebuild my love of exercise again because sometimes when you do something so intensive like that it just you know and then the world falls down (laughs) you just need a little bit of tender love and care to get your love back for exercising and so that's where I'm at right now but I haven't I haven't totally written off that I'll I'll probably do another triathlon. <laughs> well, I mean, already, like you have to know, like in your mind and your heart, you you have to have this, I can do anything because could, could, before you got started, could you imagine you would even complete any triathlon no. and then no. qualify to go to New Zealand? <laughs> I know it was, it was pretty mind blowing actually. So yeah, no, I, it's, it is amazing. And, and that's the beautiful thing about exercise is it teaches you that you're capable of far more than you could ever have imagined, right? And yeah, I was not an athlete. I was never an athlete. And then to be able to complete the most grueling one day event in sport, (laughs) just, you know, I think it's a testament to the depth and strength of, of human capability. Yeah, and and I I think it also highlights how exercise is really a, a personal resilience magnifier like it builds your resilience oh yeah it it takes so much so much resilience to do but it gives it all back and more you know so you come out really strong not just physically but mentally too right on so move the body heal the mind comes out march 8 2022 if you could tell one thing to anybody listening about mental health or movement or exercise like that something like what they just really need to know what would it be something that they just need to know well movement moving your body can really help get your mind unstuck no matter what the situation is just take one step in that right direction for better physical health better mental health they really are one and the same Awesome. Dr. Heiss, thank you so much and congratulations on your new book. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now get outside and play.